0: Oh, hey, y'all. Do you want to do a show today? Uh, I, I do. And uh, I'll do it with or without you, but I certainly love it that you join me and Super Don and all of the wonderful things that we're going to cover today. Yes, yeah, so the Robert Scott Bell Show is about to begin. And we have uh, uh, Nurse Michelle going to uh, join us uh, in the first hour uh, to talk about the devastating impact on um, the, the COVID jabs on fertility issues and, and childbirth issues. And, and oh, man, it, it it's a mess. We know that, but we've got to cover it. So you can perhaps warn others before it's too late. Pray that we can do that. Uh, we've got a lot to discuss, including, you know, speaking of fertility, there's a, a new male contraceptive pill they're, they're kind of foicing about. They'll make a trillion dollars with it. What does it do and why do you not want to take it? Uh, we'll get into that as well. There's That's just breaking news, in fact. And uh, well, beyond that, if you're a, a bad teacher, uh, how would I describe a bad teacher? to be different from the way the New York uh, State Uh, uh, describes it you know they flag you and turn you into the fbi if you don't get a jab we got that and a whole lot more to talk about y'all share the show come on over to robertscottbell.com slash listen and let's get this healing party started we'll see you in the chat room right about now
1: the robert Scott Robert scott bell show Voice of Health, Freedom, and Liberty: The Robert Scott Bell Show.
0: All right, you know I'm going to start out very uh, in a strange way today. I got, I got a complaint. All right, complaint department open. Here's my complaint. It's a bit tongue in cheek, but I'm complaining about Cardio Miracle. What? What? I thought you loved Cardio Miracle, Robert? Yeah, I do love it. But here's my complaint. I get into the gym this morning. You know, I'm back on it. Right. I do my uh, your first round is a warm up jump rope, three minutes of jump rope, and I'm doing three minutes of jump rope. I'm not even getting out of the gray zone. When when they check you, you wear this monitor so you see your heart rate up on the screen, so you know you know where you are in your efforts, et cetera. And in order to get what they call pulse points. And there's another competition this month. Not that I'm actually going for it, but it's total pulse points. I'm not going to be in all month, so I'm not going to get there anyway. But it's still, you like to monitor and say, how many pulse points can I get? That's when you're working in that zone and you're working your heart. You're getting more in shape, all of the good stuff that you're after. And I've, I've been on Cardio Miracle now a couple couple of years. And, you know, you, you see at the opening a little kind of a, a blurb commercial where I just kind of spontaneously was talking about it. It's like, it's kind of crazy. But at my age, whatever you consider that to be, old or not, I'm, I'm doing great. It's like incredible. And I'm doing my rope three minutes in. I'm like, I got zero pulse points. I mean, I can't even get to the blue zone. And then the green and then the yellow. The yellow's optimal. You can get three pulse points a minute. You're like, you're really cranking on the pulse points. It's hard to get there for me. And, and it, it's a weird complaint, right? You people, <laughs> people are in there and they're doing the jump rope. They're in the red zone when they start. Cause you're, you're not in shape yet. And so I hit a second round a second round of rope. And I'm like in that gray zone entirely. So I think that, I don't know what the pulse point uh, is. Uh, it's like 62%, you gotta hit 62% of peak according to however they define it to get into the blue zone. And then 72% gets you into the, uh, I believe the the green and then 82% above gets yellow. And you can go to the red zone which you don't really wanna be in. And so I did a second round of rope and it was like the last 10 seconds of the second, th- third round, I made it to the blue zone. And I barely got one pulse point. So in a, in a facetious way, I'm not, re- I'm not really complaining. It's an amazing thing. And I just wanted to relate to you how significant it is to be in the kind of shape where you can run upstairs and you're like, no problem. And, and for any of you that struggle with that because you're not getting a good workout, even if you're not working out, I will say at least get started on the cardio miracle because of the facilitation of vascular flow, oxygen delivery, when you have sustained nitric oxide production. And, and I'm, it just feels feels really good, feels really great. Uh, so I want you all to feel that too, however you can. And uh, these are the things we do on the health freedom front and the health front to describe uh, very detailed, specific things you can do, very pragmatic things you can do to get started on. And that's uh, why you come on over to Robert Scott Bell Show, two hours a day, six days a week. Robertscottbell.com, sign up for the newsletter by texting my initials RSB to 22828. The number 22828, just send RSB, my initials, and you'll be prompted to enter your email address and you'll be plugged into the wondrous Super Don newsletter with the Robert Scott Bell Show. So my first uh, story today, and we've got um, uh, Nurse Michelle coming up in in a bit. We're going to talk about the devastating impact. She's a a postpartum nurse and what she's witnessed over the course of of COVID jabs, COVID and then COVID jabs, and what any differences she's seen in terms of uh, taking healthy babies to term. That kind of thing. Very important. And we talk about replacing those that pass away with more people. We need not fewer. We need enough people to keep this thing going. So that's coming up now in terms of the teachers in New York. This is a controversy we've heard about. I don't know that I've reported on it yet, but the defender has a good article by Michael, uh, PhD. It says fingerprints of unvaccinated New York city teachers were sent to the F B I. Non-jab New York City teachers were reportedly flagged with problem codes and their fingerprints sent to the FBI, according to an affidavit filed in federal court last week. Now, I, I ask you know, this question, it's like, what does it mean to be flagged uh, by the FBI? Because most of us are probably on a list or multiple lists, if we're not overtly, you know, maybe we're honorable mention on the, the disinformation dozen here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. But if you're not on a list by the government, you're not doing it right at this point, because clearly uh, we have established not a United States of America rooted in in defense of individual liberty and limited government, but a totalitarian. I would call it doctatorship. Some have said uh, called us the United States of drug America, where pretty much the whole nation and all the people in it have been programmed to believe that every ailment, illness, symptom, sniffle, emotion. A thought that somebody doesn't like is evidence of a drug deficiency somehow, some way, somewhere. And if it's not approved by the Fear and Death Administration, otherwise known as the FDA, it's not legitimate, it's not real, and we'll relegate it to what maybe we'll use the term quackery or, you know, woo, whatever it is, but it's not real medicine unless it can kill you. And so there were a number of teachers, believe it or not, in New York City, of all places, that said, you know what, we don't want the jab in the midst of the New York City and New York State mandate. And rather than just being let go, which i I would argue is bad enough, what was their crime? Well, you did get the jab. Oh, you mean the jab that didn't work, that didn't stop transmission, that didn't stop manifestation, didn't stop hospitalization, didn't stop death? Yeah, yeah, that one you didn't get that, yeah, so you're fired okay, that's one thing. you lose your job, got it, and those people were willing to lose their job over the jab mandate by not getting jabbed, but to then be placed on a list with their fingerprints sent to the federal bureau of investigation at this point a, the most one of the most corrupt federal agencies in the land i mean if there are good fbi agents out there you know show of hands are there are they are they speaking out against any of this or are they also subject to being put on an fbi watch list for speaking out against corruption within their organization so you figure, all right, I'm not taking the jab. I got fired. I was a teacher in New York. Carry on. Maybe I can find a job in a state that is not so uh, totalitarian in their, you know, mandates or no mandates at all. Like you might go to Florida. Then you go to Florida and apply for a job. And uh, apparently if there's any uh, element of federal funding, for instance, let me see if this thing, this code that, that pops up, it's it goes in your employee personnel file. And then it places a flag, and then it has in, in the uh, fingerprint sent to the uh, Bureau, FBI, and the State Division of Criminal Justice Services. And this problem code or PR code or PC code, it, it, lends, it lends you to being becoming ineligible, or you, it's close to a no hire or an inquiry quote. I mean, it's going to make it very difficult to get another job if they are utilizing this system. And I'm looking down, I'm flagging this down to find it because I think there was a special, oh, here it is, yes. Uh, The Department of Education pays the salaries for some of these positions uh, if there's any federal monies coming in to support teachers in a given state or city. And it's a a system called Galaxy. Galaxy indicates whether the employee has a problem code in his or her file and blocks payment to the employee with this flag code if viewed in the personnel file. So what happens is you end up going to another school that might take federal funds, Or the the position you have also has federal subsidies associated with it. And the galaxy system flags you because you've been flagged because you refused to get jabbed. Now it's I don't know that it it sounds like it doesn't even say why you were flagged, just that you are flagged as a problem. What's the what's the likelihood you're gonna be hired with that? Because could it be a problem with a teacher that did something inappropriate with a student? And is there a differentiation on, on a problem code? Doesn't look like it. So you have a genuine Injury or a damage that has occurred now, not be, uh, not because of the jab, because these people haven't been jabbed, but they are injured because they can no longer find work. And it, it strikes me as, well, punitive would be maybe an accurate term, but it, it's more, it's vindictive. It's like, I'll show you teachers who dared to think that you had the the right or the freedom to, to say no to our mandate in New York State. You're never going to work, not only in this town again, but anywhere else, if we can help it. This is where we get to the, the pettiness, the vindictiveness, the anger, the, the disastrous lives of people that have nothing better to do than try to destroy the lives of people with whom they disagree particularly on an issue that the people that didn't get the jab are correct. Still haven't found one person who didn't get the jab going, darn, I wish I had gotten that jab. But you can find almost everybody who's gotten one or more of those jabs saying, I wish I didn't. But these people want to punish you if I can call them people in New York state government. And so there may be a suit, but I think that this guy, this lawyer is sending um, uh, notice to New York state, New York city. Mayor Adams there. You guys, you got to you got to make this correct. This is not right. They're working with apparently something called a common sense caucus in City Hall to try and get them to investigate. And it's a recognized cost caucus within the New York City Council. It's comprised primarily of, guess what, Republicans. Are you surprised by that at this point? As much as I don't like playing Hegelian dialectic reindeer political games, the reality is right now, the Dems are pretty much, especially in New York and California, and Illinois, are 100% in on COVID jab mandates, even today, even with all the evidence showing that not only did they not work, but masks don't work. Social distancing was a farce, all of that. And they call the Republicans knuckle draggers, anti-science, anti-vaxxers. Like, who's really anti-science when you throw scientific valid studies and articles time after time after time, and you go, here... What you're promoting is not scientifically sound and has been invalidated through the scientific method. And then they, call you know, this is not to say that all Republicans are pure as the driven snow. That's not my argument. But in this case, they are now the little bit minority of opposition in New York State or or California. They happen to have an R by their name. And if there was someone with a D by their name, I'd point them out and say, hey, shout out for that person. I don't care what party you're in. Tell me what you believe, what you do, what you've done or what you're doing to correct the mistakes that you've made in the past. So never end to the punishment of the people who dared to stare down the oligarchy in New York State or at the federal level. They don't want to just let you go. They want to make sure you have a miserable life moving forward. Petty, vindictiveness, small people in terms of their connection to the divine, they've disconnected from it. I don't know if they're atheists or not, but they certainly don't worship a loving God or acknowledge it as they are looking to destroy people rather than uplift them. Because, my gosh, how dare you defy our authority? And where do they get that authority, by the way? From God? No. From government, artificially induced. In a state like New York that has lost any semblance that rights come from a far higher place than government but that rights are given by government, which they're not rights, they're privileges that can be revoked at a moment's notice. Now, there are doctors and nurses waking up to this harsh reality. Those that have been trained in the Flexner Report medical system from 1910 forward, that trained you to look and believe that every symptom, ailment, illness, as I mentioned, was a deficiency of a drug somehow, some way, somewhere, and that any natural substance, whether it be herbal or whether it be homeopathic medicines, they are just right out. You can't consider it. If you do, we'll we'll find a way to run you out on a rail. In uh, the High Wire, of course, you know, our good friend Del Bigtree inter- interviewed a lot of great people. Dr. James Thorpe, who we had on this show in December of 2022, talking about a lot of the uh, fertility issues and childbirth issues, and other things that were happening, complications associated with the COVID jab. Someone else appeared with him on that show uh, with the High Wire. Dell Bigtree, postpartum nurse Michelle Gershman, and she's been right there witnessing the things she's going to relate to us today as well. Why is she a whistleblower? We'll find out that as well. If you haven't seen her interview on the High Wire, check it out. We've got that linked up, hopefully, in the show notes. If not, it will be soon. In the meantime, you can see and hear what she has to say here. Welcome, nurse Michelle, to the Robert Scott Bell Show. How are you, Michelle?
2: Hello. Um, I'm doing good. And I want to say thank you so much for having me on your show. And I resonate with everything you said right now. And um, Dr. Thorpe has been amazing. He's been a, a partner in this whole thing. So um, I appreciate what you guys are doing for humanity.
0: Michelle, and thank you for acknowledging that. And, I, and I'm acknowledging you as well. Uh, you didn't know these things coming out of nursing school, right, as a postpartum nurse. They probably didn't talk to you much about Hey, you know what? Could postpartum depression be partly, you know, besides the hormonal shift that happens rapidly after uh, childbirth, could it, could there be mineral deficiencies associated with that? I mean, is that part, was that part of your nursing training and schooling you remember?
2: No, nothing like that. Um, they pretty much teach you um, about a lot of medications and why to give them and what they do to the body, but they don't talk about what what you can do instead of taking mm-hmm. medications I mean, one thing I did learn about in school, nursing school, was vitamin K shots. You know, they teach you that the baby needs it because it clots their or it thickens their blood so they don't bleed to death. But when I actually really dug deep into vitamin K shots, I discovered that they contain alcohol. They make the baby basically drunk for 24 hours. They thicken their blood and they prevent stem cells from traveling through their nice, thin blood, crossing the blood brain barrier. All kinds of stuff that I was like, wow, I can't believe I never learned this in nursing school. This is important stuff. And it's perfectly designed for that baby to have thin blood like that. And so i that's just one thing that I woke Did up ever,
0: Anybody ever think to ask in nursing school, hey, you know, how is it we were having all these babies for thousands of years without vitamin K shots? How are we even here?
2: Exactly. They don't teach you that in nursing school. They don't even bring it up. If you bring up something like that, they look at you like you're crazy.
0: Yeah. So yeah. we're we're having to learn the hard way after what I call the pharmaceutical horse blinders are you know, administered and then put on to everybody, doctors and nurses alike. And we've seen more, uh, let's say the ripping off of those blinders during the COVID crazy three years we've been through than any other time that I've been broadcasting uh, on this show since 1999 and even before as a homeopath long before that. So what was your journey to wake up? Was it witnessing things that happened after the COVID jabs came out or was it already happening during the early COVID uh, propaganda?
2: Well, I've been, um, somewhat of a holistic nurse myself. And when I went through nursing school, I knew that I wanted to do more like energy medicine, but I became an RN to take care of, take better care of my husband. He has diabetes. And, um, but my end goal was more holistic. And so, um, I started working at the hospital because it was my first job out of nursing school. And, Mm -hmm. um, I learned a lot. Um, but I had to get the mandated flu vaccine every year for the hospital. I've been a nurse for six years and I got the flu vaccine like four years ago and I had an injury. I had like vertigo for like six months after that. And I almost had to go on disability because it was so bad. Um, And so that opened my eyes. Um, Thank God that opened my eyes because it was not even a year and a half later that the COVID vaccine started rolling out. And so when, when the pandemic started in 2020, I was already questioning everything because of that flu vaccine experience. I started questioning medical everything, all the interventions. And I've I've completely gone down this rabbit hole and I there's no going back. Mm -hmm. And um, so when when COVID started in 2020, I was already working on the postpartum floor and I was taking care of generally healthy moms, healthy babies. Some of the moms came in and they tested positive for COVID, but they weren't sick. They were just positive. And so we had to gown up or whatever and take, you know, preventative measures so we don't get sick. Um, But they weren't even that sick. And so I would send them home when they were ready to go with their babies. Um, But I never did feel right about these shots we heard that they were going to start coming out with these COVID vaccines to prevent people from getting so sick from COVID. And um, then the shots started rolling out in March of 2021. Yeah. And
0: um, well, you remember all the propaganda. I mean, these were going to save us going to, going to end the thing. It, people stop getting sick. They won't transmit. Right. All of the things that they right. claimed about it. And then they, we were asked, lying. they were, yeah, we asked questions. Well, how do you know it's safe for this or this or that? Oh, is it safe for pregnancy? Oh yeah. It's safe for pregnancy. It's like, where was the data? And I'm thinking how many really fell for it versus like, you had some suspicion there. I've interviewed a number of nurses and doctors and and also lay people about the pressure that they were under the coercion Mm -hmm. that they were under to get this jab at all costs. And now many of them have been devastatingly injured. Some have died and uh, we're dealing with, uh, you know, a reckoning that, uh, many in the mainstream media and, of course, the governmental and, and pharmaceutical industry don't want this reckoning to ever happen. And yet you're speaking out. You've witnessed things. And you're not afraid to talk about it. Dr. Thorpe and others are talking about it. It's still not uh, a a theme within what we call legacy or mainstream media. So they have the, some plausible deniability because some people will say it isn't real until ABC, NBC, CNN, MSNBC covers it, for instance. So we're still right. dealing with that.
2: The truth is coming out though. It's still not there in the mainstream media, but I know that every day I see more and more and I, I know that it's, it's going to come out. The truth always comes out. And so, um, it's absolutely not safe for pregnant women. Um, when the shots came out in March, a lot of pregnant women were coerced to take the shot because one of the doctors that takes care of most of the patients that come to the hospital, he was um, putting it in his notes about how he was, um, asking them about their vaccine status. And if they didn't get it, he would write, he would quote why they weren't getting it and things like that. And so most of the moms were getting it while pregnant. And if they got it in March, right about the time it came out, they were pregnant at the time. And it was like a week later, they were delivering their babies. And so it didn't matter how far along they were, five, six, seven months, all of a sudden they're delivering their babies like a week after that shot and so we went from 50 babies in the nicu on average wow. to all of a sudden there were 80 babies wow. in march and it's, it's almost it's like high.
0: it's almost like the babies got the word from on high get out now before this <laughs> yeah, point, right? i guess so
2: uh, yeah <laughs> And hopefully the babies are okay, but we don't know. We don't have any long-term studies on how these babies are going to develop after getting some sort of dangerous, toxic shot like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it got really hard to work again because of all the pressure about not not being vaccinated and all the weird pandemic and all that stuff. And thank God my flu injury, flu vaccine injury was over with a long time ago. But, you know, again, I'm like, man, I want to quit. This is crazy. And, um, and I don't belong here. And my mom just kept saying, no, do not quit. Those babies need you and you're saving them. And so, um, you know, I provide parents with a lot of information. I talk about the vitamin K. I talk about the hepatitis B shot, you know, that's pretty unnecessary too. And um, basically, I believe I'm saving them one at a time. And so that was, um, you know, before November that I was, um, my mom was telling me this. And those words that she said is like an inner voice now that will live with me forever, and my mom was killed in November of 2021. She was mocked for being unvaccinated when I took her to the hospital. She did have COVID, but she just needed oxygen. And I told my mom when I dropped her off, you make sure that they don't give you remdesivir because i didn't know that much about it i just knew that it's toxic and that she does not need it she just needs oxygen and maybe some fluids some you know support and so she told them not to give her remdesivir they ended up giving it to her anyways along with a whole lot of other drugs my mom was confused she was isolated she was drugged to death she was dehydrated she was starved and just completely neglected and um, she ended up dying in November. She was killed.
0: Oh, so sorry. This yeah. is another victim of the hospital killing fields. Yes. And, um, it was an overt thing for profit. And yes. you, know, you, you know now, Nurse Michelle, that uh, modern medicine is a very dangerous profession. And Absolutely. And I, I don't mean to indict every doctor and nurse in it. I think most everyone goes into it for the right reasons. You can always find bad apples everywhere. But the entire system is designed to disempower not only the patient. As we've now learned, if you haven't before, the doctors and nurses, as they found uh-huh. the ones that were speaking out, the ones that said, you know what, uh, uh, this remdesivir is deadly for the kidneys and it's killing patients, or the ones that were outside of the hospital system or within it that said, you know what, we're, we're seeing great success with uh, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, for instance, and other things. And yet they were, they were demonized, denigrated, threatened with loss of license, other things. And we find yes. out the entire system is set up not for healing but for profitability, and if they kill you, no accountability, little or no accountability for you know now what we would call murder, as we've heard time and time again, and I've had friends that have have, have met their demise in these hospitals a similar way to your mom, and I'm so sorry to hear about that as well, but we must speak out, speak up. We must never again cower in fear of retaliation of what they'll do to us if we speak out. That's a problem right now, Right, because right. It, sh- it should be, a, you know, an overwhelming majority of doctors and nurses should be outraged and picketing on the streets by the treatment, not only of the patients, but of themselves and their freedom to be doctors and nurses to point out these dangerous, dangerous interventions that are not helpful, but harmful. And yet, percentage wise, I don't see it or hear it. They're still Robotic. putting their heads down, just following orders.
2: Robotic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So something in you, obviously, uh, you're wired differently or is it because of what happened to your mom? What do you think that it's
2: definitely because of what happened to my mom? My mom was begging me to sneak in. It was at a different hospital than where I work. And so I really just had this crazy anxiety about sneaking in and my scrubs, you know, with my other hospital badge. And I I wanted to do it so bad, but I just like couldn't bring myself to do it. And I just feel like a coward for that. Mm -hmm. My mom ended up passing away a couple days after that. And she definitely needed me there. Um, And so when that fear that I had then, I never I feel like I don't have that fear anymore. And so when I um, I kept going to work, I kept wanting to quit. You know, I was pretty sad about my mom dying and and I kept walking into the hospital and just, you know, seeing these empty, depressing halls and robotic people all around me. And I kept going to, to work. And then um, I kept noticing that these babies were dying in utero. We would have like one baby die per month in utero before these shots ever came out. And even that's excessive, but I'm just making it a little more simple. It One per month was, was a normal number pretty much. And then after these shots came out, um, we started having close to 20 per month. And I was noticing and other nurses were noticing, but nobody was saying anything. No one was really um, outraged. And um, but of course, I don't have like access to any of the numbers. I'm just observing. Right. And then in September, I came to work one day and I checked my email and I I got this email and it was a horrific email. I couldn't even work for half of my shift after that because I couldn't stop thinking about it. And it said, um, as you all know, there's been an increase in fetal demises. And in the month of August of 2022, there were 22 of them. And that's the record number for the hospital. And it ties with the number in July of 2021, meaning there was an average of 20 babies that were dying every month since July of 2021.
0: And I so, want to go back to the number you said there was on average one a month, which you agree. And I agree is too many, but to go to 22. Mm-hmm. And that's the record. And it's duplicated a year after they hit that mark. And who of the doctor or nursing group there said, there's something horribly wrong. This is not normal. This is not natural. What has changed. And then of course, inevitably led to the conclusion or would lead to the conclusion is like, what did they introduce? Right, the point? only
2: new thing was the shot. And yeah. um the the lady who wrote the email, she didn't even write it as if something's wrong and there's a weird Indication that there's all these deaths, or we need to investigate. It was, you guys need to learn or brush up on your policies. You need to know how to handle a dead baby since you're going to keep receiving them. And when I read that, I was like, no, I'm not going to learn how to handle a dead baby. And I don't really give a crap about your policies because every time my mom was in the hospital and I called for updates or I called to ask to come in or whatever, they would say, oh, sorry, you can't come in. It's our policy. And so I'm so sick of policies. And so that fear that I had that I couldn't sneak in to see my mom, it's Mm -hmm. gone. Because when I got that email, I directly or immediately sent it to my friend at Children's Health Defense. And from there, it went a little viral all over the place. And every time someone wants me to talk about it, I'm going to talk about it. My work is not happy with me. They withheld a $5,000 retention bonus because of me speaking out. They actually said it's because I copy and pasted an email, an internal document, and that I you know, broke policy. But I know it's, they're retaliating because they don't like me talking about <laughs> what happened. They don't want to talk about the dead babies. They don't want to talk about the contents of the email. They just want to talk about what a shame it is that I copy and pasted an internal document. So they're pretty not mad the-
0: at me. Not any shame for the uh, mortality rate of babies that never right. were before. Are there any other nurses that you work with now willing to speak out? Or are they now afraid because they see what's happening to you, how they're retaliating? I believe
2: they're, they're afraid because they know that if they speak out, they're going to be reprimanded. I mean, I've gone to like three HR meetings now where they're telling me that I broke the rules. Um, and then another thing that retention bonus that I got was going to be $5,000. Um, that's a lot of money to not receive if you're, you know, counting on it. Um, and then I'm part-time now, so that's why it was 5,000, but I don't know. Do you want to know the amount for the full-time nurses, the actual amount that they received?
0: Can you, can you, can you measure it in eggs? (laughs)
2: <laughs> um, it was a couple eggs <laughs> yeah. so um, it's gonna the amount that the full- time nurses received there's probably eight thousand of them. they mm-hmm. um received six thousand six hundred and sixty six dollars for their retention bonus.
0: Come on, you're making that up.
2: I wish I was making it up. I have the screenshot to prove it.
0: Six I can thou- send it to you. why? why that number? really?
2: it's a laugh in the face like it's so evil what's going on is so evil and so when i saw that it was that much money even though mine was gonna be five thousand, i was just like you know what i don't need your evil money i don't need your blood money um you guys can keep it you know but they they basically were like oh yeah we're withholding your your retention bonus because you broke the rules so of course other nurses aren't going to want to go out there and speak out um, not it. gonna no, it's, it's going to get
0: worse because if they, you know, they can't kill your kids then they're coming for you next. And they've come for moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas already. Uh, we Great. are talking with nurse Michelle Gershman today. There's not a lot online that we have. We have the link to the, your interview on the high wire. Uh, there is a, apparently a Facebook group called healing ground treatments mm-hmm. by Michelle that we have li- linked there as well. And there's also a, a give, send, go, which I, I I'm on that page and I'm like, Michelle, you've got to put more information on there for people to know, you know, so they know why they would want to support you. Cause I see a poster holding up a poster, expecting mothers, babies are being born dead. To do. I mean, that's important to understand, but a little bit, of, I don't know if I'm just not loading it properly, but.
2: I can update that. I actually made that when um, I went on Stu Peters last time. Um, he told Dr. Thorpe that I should create this fundraiser. Um, yeah. And Dr. Thorpe wanted to make it for me, but he said, I need to make it myself. Um, so it's on there, but I feel guilty a little bit. I feel like I'm asking for money and I don't, I don't want to give people the wrong idea. I'm not asking for money. I, I think Dr. Thorpe is excited and wants people to donate it, donate money if they feel it in their hearts. And that's great. I think people have been extremely generous. I'm so thankful for that. But I also put on there, um, you know, because I'm, a holistic nurse, too, I've been able to do energy medicine and I treat people remotely and I treated somebody the other day in Texas for her vaccine injury and um she had heart palpitations after she received her vaccine nine months ago has heart had heart palpitations every day, so I treated her remotely from my living room for the vaccine injury that she had. And I followed up with her. Actually, it was like over a month ago. I followed up with her like three weeks ago. And I said, how, how are you feeling? And she said, she's feeling great. And she hasn't had any heart palpitations since mm-hmm. I treated her. And so mm-hmm. I feel like that's my way of I can treat people for free. If you have vaccine injuries, please reach out to you me. helping.
0: How I see on the Facebook page, is that the best way to reach you? If people aren't on Facebook, is there another way?
2: Um, I'm on Twitter also, um, or they can email me. Um, I can just spell out my email if you want. Uh, Yeah, or
0: or drop it into super Don and we can add it to the notes, but what is your, uh, handle on Twitter? So I can find you there.
2: I believe it's just my name or it's healing ground. Um, so I'm typing in my email here. It's lucky shell 22 at yahoo.com. Um, It's in a private chat. I don't know
0: if it popped up. Super Don will see that. We can add that. So if anybody wants to reach out to you and get some help or support you in any way, uh, as you said, that you've been retaliated against. You had uh, expected a bonus that was yours by virtue of all that you worked, and they try to deny you that. Uh, So if people want to help, uh, by all means, I'm happy to share that. And uh, that's linked up in the show notes at robertscabell.com as well. Today, the uh, 15th of February, twenty. Twenty three. We have uh, just a shout out to all the nurses. Uh, uh, the twenty second to the twenty fifth in Atlanta or Buford outside the Lake Lanier Islands of this month is the uh, next steps event. Tia Severino is putting on, and one day before it on the twenty first, my good friend and you know her probably too, Kimberly Overton from the Nurse Freedom Network, yes, is, is putting on a day for nurses on the 21st at the same place so if you haven't considered coming to Atlanta I'm speaking out to anybody that's in the nursing profession and be part of the nurse freedom network and there's a remnant nursing thing going and growing check it out and then stick around for the entire week because it's going to be fantastic I'll be presenting on natural remedies natural ways to address health care real health care so you can avoid hospitals if, that's great if, or everything uh, but that we'll be setting up parallel kind of tracks to move forward. We're not looking to wait. We're not waiting for permission. We're just doing it now because people good. are realizing we've got to do that. That's uh, what so, we need. Yeah. And also this Saturday in Glendale, California, uh, just near Burbank is a fundraiser event for my good friend, Jonathan Nemo, the FDA dragon slayer, as he's known, he's beaten the FDA back in court a world record eight times. And now he's he's running for the United States Senate out of Virginia. And he's the health freedom candidate of health freedom candidates, if there ever was one. And he knows more than anybody just about on the the constitutional deficiencies, so to speak, uh, you know, the disease that we suffer from and how to integrate it again. And I encourage you, if you want, go to emord4va.com, emord4va.com, see the upcoming events. I'll also be at the one in Scottsdale, Arizona, on March 6th with Jack Wilson, the paleocardiologist, who's amazing, and his wife, uh, Heather, who does uh, chiropractic. And she's a fierce fierce anti-vaxxer not afraid of that label at all and Good. i think that if you're not at this point you're not paying attention uh do you have any events that you're going to be speaking at coming up other than uh media events or or uh radio shows like this
2: um i feel like there's one more coming up um i'll have to check but they, they kind of pop up randomly. Um, I don't, I'm not sure about the next okay. one right now, but I want to go to the one in, in Georgia. I'll have to check, see if I can.
0: It's coming up pretty quick, 22nd through 25th of, well, the 21st is the Nursing Day, but reach out to Kimberly. I think she might be in Arizona for an event or might be heading back to Nashville. And there'll be another Nashville event. Oh, there it is. The Next Steps Conference, next-steps.info. Uh, as well, if you go there, you'll probably find information on, on the Nursing Day on the 21st. And uh, we're going to do another one of those nursing events uh, surrounding uh, Terry and Stu Warner's events, the wellness parenting revolution Mm -hmm. uh, in Nashville, the end of April, I believe it is. Yeah, end of April. I don't have that up yet in the upcoming events, but again, a number of events I'd encourage you, Nurse Michelle, to attend. Love to meet you in person as well as uh, anybody Mm -hmm. listening that wants to take part in these things. There's also another important health practitioner health professional event. And that's happening the 31st of March, the evening, and then the 1st and 2nd of April in Clearwater, Florida, right on the beach. A real healing retreat for healthcare providers, courtesy of Nutritional Frontiers. And that is linked up in the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. So any of all of those events, I'd encourage all of y'all to do. And I want to remind you about this Chernobyl-level toxic event in Palestine, Ohio, East Palestine, Ohio, right near Pittsburgh, where a lot of my friends are. And I'm encouraging everybody to reach out to Babri Oren, who's in L.A. now. He's originally from Georgia, Tbilisi area, when it was the Soviet Union, left and uh, went to Israel and is now in America. And he has helped to bring out this Folium PX product, F-O-L-I-U-M-P-X.com, that is a Chernobyl-level antioxidant and even binds with radiational elements. But at this point, in addition to selenium, which I'm encouraging for those of you in that affected area, uh, I would absolutely get on the Folium PX and do everything you can to support your liver and detox pathways. And I imagine in nursing school, they didn't teach you about coffee enemas either.
2: No, no. (laughs) A lot of things I've learned about holistic or homeopathic is pretty much all after nursing school on my own, Mm -hmm. you know, or from awesome people like you and Kimberly. Yay. Friends that I've made from this whole journey.
0: Yeah, you found your real friends and your real family uh, through COVID. We we lost a lot of friends and thoughtful. we thought family, you know, people have lost their like Just been canceled by the friends and family because their views on the COVID jab or masking or any number of things. And when has it become an ideal of anybody in America to just blindly trust the government and big pharma and the media? We have a story a little later talking about who people believe is the, are the real spreaders of misinformation. And it's not us. You'll see, and you'll hear that a little later in the show. So anything else you want to share nurse Michelle, before we got to go here, about your journey or about what you want to see others in the nursing profession or anybody uh, do, uh, if they can be reached, um, would love to reach them.
2: Um, yeah, one more thing is uh, we, the healthcare or the medical system needs to be held accountable. And um, it, I don't see a lot of accountability happening at all, but I really hope that any mother who was pregnant and received the jab and then lost her baby. I want all of those mothers to call the doctor's office, whoever gave them that shot. And I want them to demand answers to say, why didn't you warn me before I received this shot that I could have miscarried my baby. Um, And I want them to really push. And I know the doctors are probably going to gaslight them. They're going to say, oh, that's not true. The shot's safe and effective. And that's not the reason you miscarried or whatever. But I want them to just push because they need to be held accountable. I want these doctors to finally, if they get enough phone calls, maybe they'll finally like say, "Okay, I'll look into this or I'm sorry you lost your baby after I gave you that shot and I feel bad or whatever. So I really encourage mothers to just start calling, asking questions
0: hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not like I want to uh, encourage confrontation, but these people need to be called to the carpet. I mean, if uh-huh. you're a mom, your dad getting in their face is not too much and saying, Great. how did you? Why did you? How could you? Uh, at the same time, many times they will then try to get a restraining order on you. But uh, I'm not encouraging violence. But unfortunately, they visited violence on innocent babies that were yet to be born by this guy. And. Uh, yeah. People don't have that perspective yet, but they visited violence. They've initiated murderous behaviors or consequences by the introduction of this experimental shot yes, with no, they need to be no, accountable. no valid studies or data supporting their claim of safe and effective. Which, by the way, uh, we have a, um, an upcoming premiere in a movie theater outside of Salt Lake City, uh, Utah safe and effective question mark in a political documentary about the injuries, about all the things that went wrong. And that's coming up February 23rd. And we have, if it's not linked up today, we did talk about it yesterday. Hopefully it'll be in the notes uh, so you can see where to how to get tickets for that. And once it goes there, maybe it'll be available everywhere to stream, but more and more documentary films are, are, are you know, documenting what they don't want documented. And we must communicate and hopefully soften the hearts of those who've been hardened through fear and propaganda to not acknowledge the, the injuries, the damage, and even the death and have compassion for their fellow humans and then you know make corrections moving forward
2: yeah i'll have to check it out
0: yeah so nurse michelle thank you for being on the robert Scott Belt show today i appreciate <laughs> again that you have been you've stepped into your courage unfortunately through disastrous circumstances and that how is how many of us wake up you know through our own suffering and the suffering of others that we love and care about and um we will not let those people that we have lost have died they will not have died in vain by us stepping up standing up speaking out just as you're doing
2: absolutely thank
0: you all right thanks we'll stay in touch and hopefully we'll see you at another event uh maybe with uh kimberly overton and the nurse freedom network or on any other events nurse michelle check it out links are up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com you know super d i just thought that, you know i'm not a mathematician or anything but when she brought up the the, the bonus pay for the rest of the nurses and it was $6,666. It's like, come on, really? You, I mean, it's just like rubbing your nose in it. why would couldn't
1: we- have been six nine hundred and sixty like seven.
0: No, they went right to that
1: number. <laughs> 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 that drives me nuts when, that's kind of, when, that, when that kind of stuff happens. It's like, come on. I mean, it was it was like, when, when, when was it in... Uh, well, what was the story we were covering where it, was it in Israel or was it somewhere where they were like putting like ribbons on people or they were doing something like bracelets or something on them yeah. if they didn't get vaccinated and they just happened to pick the color yellow?
0: Yes. the gold. Yeah, it's straw. like, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah. yeah. I, you learn nothing from history. <laughs> Maybe they're just trying to flaunt it. They're going, yeah. What are you going to do about it? I mean, i yeah. a lot of arrogance don't in, know. in that realm, but it's just, just disgusting. Anyway, I'm appreciative yeah. of Michelle and what she's doing and, I know we didn't go into a lot of the detail of, of the brutality, but she mentioned enough of what's happened since the jabs came out. And, you know, we had, in fact, I had interviewed one woman from a fertility clinic, a nurse uh, who was raising a lot of these issues. In fact, they were sending out the samples of what was occurring that, you know, even you were shaking your head going, this is just the weirdest thing. It's like an episode of The X-Files, what they're pulling out of people, what they're trying to analyze. Mm-hmm. And it was so far afield from what you would expect. You'd think this is a Hollywood movie, but it was real and it is real, what's happening here and what we're covering. At this point, it's undeniable, maybe somewhat inexplicable for some, but there's certainly on one level or another intent and and the rest of the people typically go along either in ignorance or just to be able to make their paycheck, you know, so that they get the money in and they can keep food on the table on a roof over their heads. But at what point does that become uh not even a good excuse when murder is happening all around them within the medical profession right it's not an easy question to ask much less answer but it, i think we have to continue to talk about it because it's really ugly out there and that's not where we like to focus our attention but we got to understand a lot of people are still trapped in that consciousness that medical field and that's why i say the most dangerous thing you can have in america is really good medical insurance and more people than ever are acknowledging it and saying yeah you're right robert That is true. I never would have thought of that in the past. We thought we all wanted that. And no, it is devastating what happens when you have the best insurance and things do to you. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. All right. So I I know we got a question today. I think we're going to do it in an hour or two. It's a big one. Uh, We'll have some other uh, updated stories in hour or two. If you guys got questions or comments in the chat room, check it out. Are we going out on Twitter today? I couldn't see if it it was uh, manifesting there today. I was trying to to find it as uh, I went to retweet earlier. I couldn't see. Uh,
1: it. looks like there might be an issue.
0: Okay. I didn't know if we're being banned there as well. I mean, we, we've we really gotten hit on, you know, YouTube, of course, and Spotify and LinkedIn. Uh, obviously, we're hitting things pretty heavy and hard. They're, they're not liking it. So, um, God bless you all for those that you are still here sharing the show. Without you sharing the show, we'd be speaking to ourselves. So oh, it's, go-
1: it's going now. It looks like it was hung up, but now it's going.
0: Oh, it's going? Okay. Thanks, yep. Super D. I'm mm-hmm. glad we're not banned on another thing. Although... The banning has certainly opened up the eyes of a lot of folks to say maybe what we're saying is real because they wouldn't ban it if it was inconsequential. Why would they? And so that's what we're dealing with now. Now, do you remember back in the day, Super Don, your product of government ed- indoctrination centers, as, a, as am I. I went mm-hmm. to public schools. right? We remember the subsidized lunches. I don't know what was it back in the day. Was it a quarter? Was it 50 cents? Was it a buck? And they, you know, throw you on a milk. You hope that you get a chocolate. Milk I don't know. Milk. My parents
1: paid for it. I didn't pay for it myself, so I don't remember what it was. You, you
0: didn't actually have to bring money to pay the lunch lady. at the
1: No, end of- they they like prepaid. You know, oh. like ahead of time.
0: you man, you were in a, it wasn't, it a high tech California. It was high
1: tech. when was
0: high tech? You could prepay. You, you just. Pay. I would usually brown bag it. How old after, are you. I'm only two years older than you. I think right. Oh, okay. Not that bad, but but I remember after the lunchbox era, I remember the $6 million man and all those lunchboxes. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we converted in high school to brown bags so we wouldn't be made fun of. And, uh, you know, people would trade stuff that they didn't like from their lunch. But I do remember the mystery meat of, of those school lunches, all the subsidized uh, crap that we were eating. Um, grade A, whatever. Uh, now, at what the time, before. though,
1: at the yeah. time, you look back on it now and you talk about the subsidized crap. Mm -hmm. but that's that's from a a a a learned perspective at the time when we we were kids yeah we would be lunchtime and there were some times they would have certain things for lunch and you were like yay and then other times it was like oh
0: did you have the 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 plastic trays with the various little like little sections yeah yeah yeah. yeah, little things like that yeah and did you we
1: thought we thought pizza day was was great
0: oh yeah we always look forward to pizza day yeah right but This is the decadence of our, our. You know <laughs> why? The people of France will look at Americans and go, "You people, you don't eat Ew. food." No, we didn't. It was gro- it was gross looking back, but we didn't know any better. And uh, now, of course, I eat organic pizza from Italy because it's you know while we have the era of cheap energy, even though it's ex- more expensive than it was before, they're still importing that stuff. So as long as they are, I'll I'll take advantage of it. I admit I'm not perfect in that regard, but uh, the uh, the idea of eating that stuff. And at a time that was before, I think, official acknowledgement of genetic engineering, there certainly was a lot of pesticides, uh, you know, happening in terms of the food that was there. And also factory farmed animals, there was a recombinant bovine growth hormone that was being utilized back then as well. So, uh, you know, every once in a while, there are efforts to do better in terms of, of food or diet or nutrition instead of drugs. And I'm not sure how to place this story but I think it might be something we haven't done in a while and could only be considered <laughs> you ready
1: yeah 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 I, I, I'm following you now yes
0: Yes. and it's time for today's
1: Moment of Duh what are you people
0: on dope <laughs> <laughs> amalgamated association of morons local 6 and 7 8 you're crazy <laughs> <laughs> what is Yes, today's moment of Job, brought to you by Drive Through Gastrointestinal Surgeries. Actually, it's not because they don't like this story. As a new study has hinted, is hinting, that healthier school lunches can reduce obesity. Wow! What? Outrageous!
1: You know, in in days of self-driving cars and artificial intelligence that you can uh, uh, talk to on the internet. Yes. I can't believe that we've advanced so f- much in this society that we can get an idea that maybe if you eat healthier food, you might yeah. not get as fat.
0: Yeah. No, this is outrageous. We should not do, because we remember last week was it the AMA, the AAP, or some group was endorsing more aggressive drugging and surgical interventions for obese children. And then yep. along comes this study that's our obviously quackery that suggests that healthier school lunches can reduce obesity. That's outrageous. I, I think we should protest whoever did this. Now, this is a, uh, based on a 2010 federal law that boosted nutrition standards for school meals. And they apparently have measured this over that time frame and said it may have helped slow the rise in obesity in some of America's children, even teenagers who can buy their own snacks, according to this study. They did the BMI body max, I'm sorry, body mass index of more than 14,000 school kids age five to 18 whose heights and weights were tracked before and after implementation of the healthy hunger-free kids act of 2010. And it showed that improving the quality of the school meals, and it isn't even close to the quality I would want to see for them, but even a little bit was beneficial. That it may have impacted uh, measurably the BMI, right? A reduction of the BMI now. For those of you who are going to get mad at me, this Healthy Hunger-Free Kids Act of 2010 was championed by who? Former First Lady Michael, I mean Michelle Obama. Oh,
1: the uh, MyPlate, uh, uh, right? Lady, right?
0: Yeah. Apparently, it was the first national legislation to approve school meals in more than 20 years. Huh? Uh, don't I'm, get mad at me. I'm just telling you this. Oh, is what whatever.
1: I'm, Give credit where credit is due. Yeah. Don't don't do the whole stupid thing that everybody else is doing. <laughs>
0: do, uh, do I do the stupid thing everybody else does? No, things?
1: but you could be if you did that. But you, you sort of did because you called her Michael. But in any case,
0: I, I was a, a Freud. No, it was,
1: it was totally uh, unintentional.
0: Yeah, was moment of duh, That's what
1: I'm say. wondering who it is. that's going to be brave enough to commission the next study that will show that if you let kids play more outside, yeah. that they will uh, possibly lose even more weight.
0: Yes, but they'll be exposed to the sun and all die of skin cancer. So. Right. Yeah, you know how that goes.
1: We'll just implant little umbrellas on their heads to to cover protect them from the sun.
0: So they said that uh, the body max index adjusted for age and gender fell by zero point zero four one units per year compared to the before the, the law took effect. Uh, the amounts amounts to a quarter of one BMI unit per year, and there was a slight decline in kids who were overweight or obese too. The study showed. Now, maybe somebody will say, "Well, that's not much," but you know, certainly it's it's an indicator, is it not? of why we call it a moment of, I mean, who would, who would argue, Super Don, anybody out there besides the pharmaceutical industry, the doctors who would cut up on children, who would argue that giving them more quality food, better quality food would result in healthier, including healthier weight BMIs as well. I mean, obviously it's not outrageous. It's not ridiculous. It's ridiculous to argue the the counterpoint, which is no, they just need more drugs and more surgery to cut down on their weight.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, that's just giving in, right? That's that's just giving up. And going for the the radical uh approach to it mm-hmm. which you know look i are there some people in extreme circumstances uh that could you know you could say all right well you know that's your choice you know maybe well, yeah that's as far as like weight goes because i mean i've seen some i mean it, it, and i'm telling you it's very awkward have you have you seen on tv on these cable channels and, and you know it's like tlc or or whatever you know these channels and they have these shows mm-hmm. it's like my 600 pound sister or whatever and it's a show that's based around these people that weigh like six seven eight hundred pounds mm-hmm. and they show them going along you know going, going doing their stuff in the house it's it's almost it's like exploitive you know I uh, you know that people want to watch these shows and look at these really you know horribly obese people and see how hard it is for them to live you know, uh, you know, in a situation like that, could I see it being justified saying, listen, this person is so overweight, they're going to die, like, they like, could die like tomorrow, that I could see, like, a, in a crisis situation, an intervention type of situation that, that you, you know, the surgery could be justified in that situation. But that's not what they're referring to in these things here. They're not talking about that. That's the extreme example. When you just get, you know, you got some chubby kid, you know, they ate too many chicken nuggets last summer. Uh, you know, you know I, I think that, you know, you can do something about that versus having going straight to surgery and drugs, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, there is a naysayer here uh, in the article. It says some researchers are cautioning against interpreting the study's findings too broadly. What, like the broad side of their back? <laughs> some of the children included in the study might not have been enrolled in school meal programs or their district may not have fully implemented the nutrition requirements, said Kendra Sonnenville. Sonneville, Associate Processor, Professor of Nutritional Sciences at the University of Michigan School of Public Health. Ah, figures are in public health, the oxymoron that it is. Uh, this is, uh, you know, again, significant. It's so stupid. It's so obvious. And I know you pointed out that extreme example. And there have been extreme examples even like that that have been countered over time. With nutritional shifts, of course, that takes sure. Value.
1: I uh, and I totally agree with you. Did have you seen the video? You know who Dal, uh, Diamond Dallas Page is? I remember the name. Former wrestler,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, and he he ended up uh, creating his own like yoga thing, okay. And he helps people, uh, especially people that are dealing with recovery uh, from like drugs and alcohol or from being overweight. And he's got this thing called a DDP Diamond Dallas Page Yoga. And there's a video out there on the internet, you should look it up, where it shows this guy, this real, I mean, really big, heavy, overweight guy and stuff like that who, who did that. And they show the transformation, like a time-lapse thing. Yeah. And they show the transformation of this guy that probably had to have been like 400 pounds uh, and, and how he ended up uh, losing just all the weight and stuff through eating right. This is another uh, one of the other things that he does is showing you how to eat and clean and organic and, and stuff like that and doing the exercise and stuff. Mm-hmm. So can it be done? Absolutely, it can be done. But it's not easy. And how, how quick are people in our society mm-hmm. to go for that drug? Just like we were talking about the, the, the Ozempic the other day, right? right. That want to go for that pill or go for that drug or that injection. that's going to do it without them having to make changes in their lifestyle.
0: Yeah. So I, I mentioned, I don't know, was it on an interview I did the other day? Uh, my daughter's school, my daughter's high school. They started in the last year an organic garden, really big one, including uh, greenhouses, low-tech greenhouses for the winter. And they're growing food organically in abundance to sell to the local community and provide help to people. And this is one of the things that is key. If you're going to a school and it doesn't have a garden, let's just say you're in a situation where you can't send your kids to a private school or you can't homeschool. Find a way to in- integrate yourself into that school and start a garden and to teach these kids how to grow food and how they can connect to the source of their health or the, the source of their obesity. When they're engaged in growing their own food, you'll, you'll be shocked by what they're willing to eat, especially if they grew it. The things that are like, oh, this is gross, mom. This is gross. dad. You, you grew it and suddenly now it changes them. And that's a big part of uh, where this can go. Now, obviously, I'd like to see all kids eating organic non-GMO food, but we can't rely and wait on the government or the school systems to do it. Unless you guys and gals get there and do it or homeschool everybody and everybody's growing a garden and the kids are involved in that too. We're going to take a top of the hour um, educational break if you don't mind. And even if you do, that's what we got to do. And we'll be back. It's just you, me and super D for the next hour. Uh, Ty Bollinger TMB is busy working on the next docu series that they're going to be filming. And we'll learn about that soon. I'll let you know as soon as I have details on that. That's exciting. And from there uh, who knows what's on The agenda. There's a bunch of stories in the show notes, though. Y'all can check it out at robertscabbell.com. I've got more to say. Yeah, big surprise, that is, huh? Yeah, Robert, go ahead. Shut up already. All right, I will, because the power to heal is yours. Man, big time weekend coming up. Jonathan E. Mord's big fundraising event, health freedom event in uh, Glendale, California, just outside of Burbank on Saturday, the 18th of February, also 18th and 19th of February. I'll be participating with the Trinity Health Freedom Expo, the virtual expo from wherever you are, in the comfort of your own home, on your app, your Whova app or your computer. You can participate. 30 bucks gets you access for three months. If you wait for the day of, it'll be 35 bucks. but big deal. It's amazing. It's well worth it. I'll be moderating a couple of panels live in addition to the panels that I moderated at the original one in October, and I hope that you'll join us, and I'll be doing that from California, probably from my hotel room, moderating a panel on cannabis as medicine and moderating a panel with the Trinity instructors, those extraordinary people. You'll love to interact with them. That's going to be fun and a whole lot a lot of other things coming up y'all check it out upcoming events tab at robertscatbell.com really simple to get there now i want to talk also about infection control antibiotic resistance we've been talking about that there's more stories coming out in that realm i just want to remind you again if you know anybody in the area of east palestine ohio or two hours around 200 miles i don't know how far it goes this toxicological burden that could be devastating already to wildlife and pets that are outside, much less people that are living there. You've got to act. It's not, it's too late to react in a sense. If you haven't been, a lot of people are going to be in big trouble. But fill that body f- full of the antioxidants that counteract toxic poisons, destroying the terrain, the integrity of the cell. We need to counteract that. Things like selenium. A lot of the liver products we've been talking about with uh, Nutritional Frontiers, they're just outside of that area in Pittsburgh area. And you you go back and listen to my interview with Jamie Dorley early in the week to know and you can get 15% off at the RSB15 code. Also, as I mentioned, the Chernobyl-level antioxidant capacity of Folium PX, F-O-L-I-U-M-P-X.com. My example prior to this whole Ohio disaster is my mom at, 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 you know, 88 now, 89? It's incredible, 89. And she, she was out dancing again since she got on the folium PX. She's gotten a lot of energy back, better sleep. And I'd love to see that, you know, if it can happen for mom at that age, what can it do for you? Especially if you're being exposed to these nasty, toxic poisons. So counteract that Chernobyl-level event with the Chernobyl-level antioxidant, uh, folium PX. So check that out as well. Uh, let's see, what else? I, I, I have so much I want to share with you today. And uh, we do have a question of the day that came in we'll get to a little bit later. The first article, though, uh, today relates to big pharma, big food, big oil. What are these big, big, bigs doing? Apparently driving the spread of de- deadly, they call it now, antibiotic-resistant superbugs. By 2050, as many as 10 million people could die each year as a result of antimicrobial resistance driven by environmental pollution and irresponsible practices by the pharmaceutical, agricultural, and other industries. Now, they may be dying of what they call antimicrobial resistant superbugs, but that's secondary or tertiary to the toxicological burden that preceded it. Now, the resistance is driven by the use of these antimicrobial drugs. From the time they first developed penicillin, they saw evidence, I believe, within weeks, if not months, of resistance. In other words, as they analyzed the ba- that bacteria that they were killing initially, very soon after the introduction of even penicillin, they saw resistance. So it wasn't like the medical scientific intelligentsia did not know that this would happen or could happen. It would happen because it did happen in their own studies right away. But there, what is that saying? If you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So if you're a drug pusher, everything you must do is another drug. And if your drug stops working, you do what? You find a bigger hammer. Maybe if we can make something more Powerful to counteract these powerful anti-resistant microorganisms that we'll call supervillains, superbugs. Yet they are just the inevitable manifestation of relying on chemotherapy to treat problems of the terrain. Imbalances, dysbiosis, overgrowth of microbes that you didn't even have to catch, that live within you all of the time and you take that one hit of an antibiotic and then you're addicted. How many of us grew up in an era, Super Dawn included, old enough to remember, what wasn't a controversy. You got an infection, a throat infection, a sinus infection, a stomach infection, you just went and got little pink juice. Looked like Pepto-Bismol, tasted really good and it was filled with harmful, horrible antibiotics. And then you would seemingly survive and the infection would go away. But who among you grew up knowing that that form of toxic chemotherapy called antibiotics was devastating the home of your immune system, was absolutely causing great dysfunction and dysbiosis and imbalance in an area of your body that isn't even in your body technically, in your gut, the tube from your mouth out your planet Uranus. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. The external world that interface controlled largely by an epithelial barrier but in addition a microbiological life form or life forms in fact more than more of them than there is of you cellular speaking and that those disruptions due to the chemicals that we saw look at this we can kill a bad guy we've identified a bad guy and if we don't kill it first it's going to kill you kind of like that you know that offensive i don't know if it's a mockingly jokingly thing i mean you've seen Super Don, you remember those T-shirts? Um, maybe it was, it was that our era. Like you'd have the, the real, the military people. They weren't even military people, just the wannabes. They'd wear a T-shirt that says, kill them all. Let God sort them out.
1: Sort them out later. Yeah. That but, would say it that was a tribute, I believe to the Marines. Okay. So, yeah.
0: And look, if you're truly in a warfare situation, if there's an actual declaration of war by Congress, again, I'm, I'm leaving that to the occasional, that happens, but doesn't happen anymore. Not since World War II. But the idea is really quite disgusting. Just kill them all. And, you know, that thought form, I don't like it. Now, it's not that I'm not willing to fight if I need to defend life. That's not my point in saying it. But the indiscriminate, just spray the bullets out, see what happens. This is the antibiotics of modern medicine. This is the doctor M.O., maybe some nurses. The T-shirt, kill them all and let God sort them out, is the way doctors view your body, your microbes. That microbial world, that's at least 75% of your immune system. The ability to produce the neurotransmitters critical for brain nervous system function. The ability to produce your endocrine compounds to keep you young, vital, and healthy and functioning. Detox processes, assimilation, all of these things. Utterly decimated and destroyed by the chemo or what is that stuff that they uh, decimate the forest of Vietnam You know, with? Napalm let's napalm your gut. Let God sort them. there it is. Let God sort them out. Yeah. So that's people still get those shirts. I guess they could still order those.
1: Yeah. You can still get them.
0: Yeah. And I I don't, if I say that's a little offensive, it's not (laughs) that I'm trying to ban, you know, freedom of speech. I'm not into that. I mean, if you want to wear that, knock yourself out and wear that. But I, I just, I'm not, I'm not aligned with that.
1: No hoorah from you, huh?
0: No, no, not at all. Because Uh, especially uh, the medical doctors, they operate and triage all of the time with antibiotics. Now, here, I'm going to say this. Remember, I'm not saying doctors are intentionally killing you, except for the ones that are prescribing remdesivir at this point. But in ignorance even, or in obedience even, it's not an excuse at this point. Is anybody to argue that the doctors are not smart enough to know better? but they're programmed like pharmaceutical lap dogs with their blinders they're put on and they're given this tool. And this is the only tool. And if somebody comes to them and says, Hey, what about silver? Hey, what about homeopathy? Hey, what about echinacea? How about, uh, you know, golden seal? Remember that? What about other things? How, what about garlic, uh, stabilized garlic, you name so many things in the natural world that can eradicate dysbiosis. You know, something is overgrown, but in conjunction, even with that method, of targeting things that have overgrown for elimination and doing so in a safer way, I would argue that it would be much better to do it in conjunction with the terrain restoration. That is finding out what you are lacking. Where's the imbalance? How did this happen? And make those corrections as well so that you are not suffering with recurrent infections. You kill it and it comes back and this time it's resistant. This was my life. This was my upbringing in medicine. I had so many infections. I had so many antibiotics. I was the antibiotic kid as I was the allergic kid with, you know, and the allergies as well precipitated by the destruction of my gut via antibiotics before the era of, of roundup ready crops. So now we're at this point where it's not new news, but the the stunning predictions, 10 million dead a year. I guess that doesn't mean much in the era where, Almost a million people are killed a year by modern medicine anyway, but it's not all in one fell swoop. So people ignore it like it's not real, even if the peer-reviewed medical literature has pointed this out. So what was the, what was the story we covered just last week and again a little bit this week? A study out of the University of Florida confirming what I've told you years ago that there are substances that can neutralize the offending dysbiotic microorganisms that can be problematic due to a corruption of the terrain. They're not mean and nasty and ugly and trying to kill you because they hate you, but you have done things or allowed others to do things to your body that made you susceptible and vulnerable and imbalanced, and dysfunctional, and given rise to these microbes that they call infection. So now if you're in that pickle, so to speak, and you go to the doctor to get a drug It's likely not going to work. It'll only cause problems and not be helpful at all. So the study at the University of Florida was they added silver nanoparticles, the bioactive form of silver that we know about here, to certain classes of antibiotics just to test and see, hey, what would happen if we add the silver into those antibiotics and and treat those so-called infections that they used to be able to kill and now they can't? And lo and behold, guess what happened? They found out those antibiotics worked again. Where that's their conclusion. What is your conclusion? What is my conclusion? The antibiotics still don't work. You added something in that does, and you you claimed it was the antibiotic that did it. For instance, the drug didn't work. You added silver to the drug, and the drug works again. Do you think that uh, it might be the thing you added to the drug and not the drug itself? And yeah, in fact, we know silver can address resistance. Resistance that is developed to antibiotics, to certain chemicals, as it expresses new DNA to eat the antibiotics for lunch, but not being able to adapt to address the presence of the active state of silver, the ion particularly. And so why and how have I been able to raise my kids, even in the face of infections, because they've had them, normal part of being alive, without having to resort to even one antibiotic in their life, 23 and 17 and a half years of age. It's because of the things that I've learned in my, what I'd like to say, young life still. Somebody might argue that as well with the gray in my hair. But that we have the ability to make the antibiotics truly a last, 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 last resort. And one of the things that I I have said, uh, Steve Feld, my buddy, put into one of those images. I don't have it up to put it up right now. Is... When next, if you ever have to go to a doc in the box or a doctor of any kind that says, hey, I think we're going to have to give you an antibiotic. I want you to hear the word chemo every time they say antibiotic. And I want you to hear the doc say, yeah, I think we got to put you on a round of chemo for that so that you go, oh, doc, wait a minute. Come on, that, isn't that a little harsh? It's, just, it's, not, it's not cancer. It's just a, even though you know the antibiotics can precipitate cancer by the damage they do to the cells of the body. You hear that and you start thinking, okay, I'm going to now use that as the last, 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 last. And it's not like I'm uh, encountering doctors that are enthusiastically prescribing antibiotics. They don't know better still, many of them. They would love not to, but oftentimes if they dare to try other things that are not pharmaceutical technically, not drugs approved by the FDA, that they're threatened with loss of license or some kind of punitive you know, measures by their state boards of medicine or other, other mechanisms. So that's why we are doing the Next Steps conference, next-steps.info. And there are doctors coming, there are scientists coming to set up parallel tracks to say, you know what? We can do much better than we have done. We can do much better. And we're not waiting around. We're creating the world anew in the midst of one that is crumbling that we do not have to invest in further because it's a bad investment. You know where that's going. So why not? convert and divert your energies to something that is truly pro-life. Whether you're using the bioactive silver hydrosol or copper or homeopathic remedies that I've re- referenced from time to time, particularly the heap sulfur and phosphorus two very easy go-to remedies for different forms of infection or fever. And then again, we get the question of fever still, my gosh, I started taking some of the silver in my, my, I got a fever. Is that a side effect? No, it's a it's a good effect of your immune system kicking in the gear if you understand that the immune response of a fever is a powerful way that your body overcomes and burns out the so-called bad guys or those that are taking advantage of you. But but well, I I I I I kind of know that, but I I was scared and I I gave my kid Motrin. That's what I hear sometimes. I'm like, well, what was the temperature? Oh, it was about 101, 102. Like, dude, even if it's a 103.5, it's not a dangerous fever but we have been taught and programmed to believe that a fever is bad and we must suppress it, whether it be through NSAIDs or Tylenol, which is so liver toxic that it makes things even worse than the antibiotics directly in terms of its impact on the liver. So as we look to the future in an article like this in The Defender pointing out, they're not in favor of it at The Defender, but they're pointing out this is what's happening. Some of the keys here are the environmental pollution, And that includes pharmaceutical drugs, that's pollution to your environment, agricultural chemicals, toxic poisons, pollution to the outer environment and your inner environment and various industries. This is where the environmentalists would have an argument. Hey, clean up your act. And in fact, there has been innovation in the free market to clean up a lot of the things that used to just spew horrible things. And then you got the EPA coming along with Norfolk Southern at this railway crash derailing and they ignite some of the most toxic chemicals man has ever created. Not God, man created these things. The EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, or we call it the Environmental Polluting Agency now, captured by industry as the FDA is. And if you're looking for the federal government to correct the problems it actually enables and sustains, that's a form of insanity I wish you would not partake in. If you're for, for the environment, you must be for private property. The defense of private property is really arguably the only way we can protect the environment because then and only then you would have an ability to go after the big bad guys that are polluting or your neighbor who's polluting if that's the case. They don't have a right to pollute your body, much less your property. But if you think that not owning property and turning over the the protection of the environment to the federal government that is captured by polluting organizations and agencies and industries is the right way to go, you haven't been paying attention, and you are stuck in an ideological wasteland of, of enslavement to government and industry that will always combine when you centralize power, power structure of government, resulting in what? A medical monopoly that says the only thing you can legally do to treat an infection is provide chemotherapy approved by the FDA, otherwise known as antibiotics that don't even work. And then because you've allowed for that power structure to be centralized and institutionalized and the monopoly to continue, the next time there's an emergency real or imagined, they will come out with emergency use chemotherapy, emergency use injections. Oh, they would never do that. Oh, yeah, what have we been through? What have we lived through? Wouldn't have been possible if there was a free market for medicine. Don't, don't, don't start yelling about capitalism. We haven't had capitalism in a long time. It's capitalism, it is crony. It is subsidized monopolies, parading is a free market. It is not a free market. In a free market, we have innovation. We have access to medicines that are affordable, that actually work, that don't harm, that don't kill you, except for those who would defraud you and deceive you. But there are statutes against that, and those people could be taken to task for doing that. But right now, those that deceive you and defraud you and kill you and maim you are the pharmaceutical companies that own and control your government. Not just the United States government, but the Canadian one, the Australian one, the New Zealand one, and many of the Western democracies of Europe. The medical monopoly, the deadliest monopoly on planet Earth, more deadly than the farm. Well, yes, and the medical. Well, no, let's see. That's all combined than the military one right now, even though that's pretty bad, too. All right. That was a long calf path of the mind there, Super Don, to open up our two. Uh, I'm sure that there might be one or two people still listening after that, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's, that's just how I roll. Got to see the connection. See, everything. And
1: here you were worried that we didn't have enough to talk about
0: this hour. Yeah. A little bit. I was like, yeah, you know, it might not go that long with that article and this article, you know, but here we are. We're okay. We're doing okay.
1: How about uh, some good news? Yeah. I want good news. What, good what got? news. How about, mm-hmm. uh, more critical thinkers.
0: Where, where it, are we It's happening.
1: Those? It's happening. Apparently, there's yeah. been a survey that has been done. Mm-hmm. Gallup and Knight Foundation, these guys are pretty good at doing surveys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they found that uh, there is a, a growing low level of trust in the media uh, and them telling the truth and that there isn't an intent. This is the, the thing. Mm-hmm. And I think this is somewhat, maybe a little bit different, or maybe yeah. it's just the way they worded the the survey. But... Uh, fifty. Uh, there's a huge number of people. Over fifty percent believe that the news media intends to deceive mm. people. Bunch
0: of conspiracy theorists. <laughs> what do you think, Super Don? Are we critically thinking now? Is this a
1: man? Good- you know, I I want to believe that there's some some guys somewhere, some people, not not necessarily guys. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> people. Okay. Yeah, somewhere in government right now, they're just going. Oh crap! Yeah, what have we done? Mm -hmm. You know, because this, this survey with, you know, this survey didn't come out three years ago. This came out now. Yeah. And you look at what happened over the last three years. I think this is just more evidence of the fact that what they tried to do backfired. Yeah. And now you've got more people now, who are they going to blame for this? Mm -hmm. Are they going to blame themselves? They're going to go, Oh, you know what? We really messed up guys. We're sorry. Uh, You know, we weren't truthful with you, you know, with various reasons, it's complicated, but you know, we were wrong. We should have been straightforward oh. with you, and, and we're yeah. going to try and do better next time.
0: No, they're going to call us names. They're
1: going, if to, they're going to blame them. us, right? Yeah. They, they oh, those anti-vaxxers, them. those disinformation people. Right.
0: They're the ones purveying disinformation. That's And then 50% now more believe that. They're the purveyors of disinfo.
1: Asked whether they agreed with the statement that national news organizations do not intend to mislead. 50% say they disagreed. Only 25% agreed. Wow. Similarly, 52% disagreed with a statement that disseminators of national news care about the best interest of their readers, viewers, and listeners.
0: Who believes that they actually care about what you think other than sensationalize you into watching so that you buy the stuff that.
1: 23% of respondents believe the journalists were acting in the public's best interest. Dude, this is pretty brutal.
0: What does that say about you, Super D? Because you think it's not real unless the mainstream media you know, is covering it. And when did I ever say that? <laughs> Wait, that was somebody else. I'm sorry. That was not me. <laughs> that was somebody taking over Super Don's body at one point in time.
1: I, I never know. said that. I believe in being a fully informed person before you make a decision on something is mm-hmm. critical. And that means you get your information from all sources and then take that information and figure out what you think the truth is.
0: You mean you can't disqualify CNN from the game? If
1: you live in an echo chamber, just leave me alone. That's I don't it. I do not do it.
0: <laughs> you can't do it. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. All right. Well, you know, if we run out of things to say, Leslie's in the audience from Stay at Home Mom Podcast on Robert Scott Bell Podcast. Network. She just and
1: had an episode come out yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Was it yesterday? I yeah, yesterday. Last night. No. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yesterday, Yesterday afternoon, up, her, the the title of her episode was Valentine Schmalentine. She's
0: not a fan of the uh, holiday uh,
1: the either. Holiday. Yes. Yeah, I'm not either. I think yeah. it's dumb.
0: Christine says we should have Dr. Ravi back on to talk about the Ohio incident. Absolutely, Ravi's welcome anytime. So I I wouldn't mind that Valentine Schmalentine, Leslie. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Yeah, we could get Ravi on. We haven't had him on in a while.
0: Yeah, I always love having Dr. Ravi on. You know, uh, he helped uh, my daughter with her senior thesis. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was great. Ravi was amazing because she was struggling. Uh, She wanted to do her senior thesis on uh, modern agriculture, the dangers of chemical agriculture, you know, talking about organic and non-GMO and stuff like that. And, And I brought up, you know, the whole example of what they tried to do in Sri Lanka. And she's like, I don't understand. What do you, you, I don't understand. I was like, you know what? We need to get Dr. Ravi on the phone. And he was so gracious and he spent like an hour on the phone and, and going back and forth on email as, as he, he sent her a bunch of sources and it helped her tremendously. I haven't talked to Ravi about that, but, uh, she's doing great. Now she's practicing cause she's got to defend it. You know, this is like hardcore senior year stuff. She's doing a thesis. Senior cool. so oh, very cool. And she's like so happy. Because she's like, I actually know this topic now, Dad. I can talk and debate about it. I really, you know, she's investigated it. It's really cool. Nice. I'm excited about that.
1: Uh, So, how did it feel playing the moment of death today?
0: That was kind of fun. You notice how I I haven't done that a while. Really really slowly, we're out of practice (laughs) when we did our, you know, our our different segments like that. Yeah. Uh, We risk it because uh, when we're on syndicated radio, we have some protection in terms of copyrighted music. But we learned we got what we would get tagged on YouTube and, and Facebook for doing things that had certain things like that, and it's just kind of a bummer. But uh, I think that one we could get away with. I don't think that's so that's so old. You know the music behind that.
1: Yakety sax. It's mm-hmm. the name of that song, the old yeah. Benny Hill theme. You remember
0: Benny Hill? Oh yeah, yeah, I was in there. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that was one of the things when we were kids. We were teenagers, I guess. I think when Benny Hill came out and. Uh, that was the thing. It was it was a show on TV, and it was a little bit risque. Yeah, and so you know,
0: did you see Benny Hill last night, man?
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that was de- definitely not politically correct by today's standards. No, not at all, not at all. So, Steve all right.
1: McCaffrey says Doctor Robbie is better than AI.
0: Oh yeah, he is. As was that poem from our friend in Australia that wrote yep. him the other all day. Right. We had that was a great poem about Super Don's homeopathic coffee enemas a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. That was really awesome. All right. What other announcements we got to make? Bottom of the hour here. Uh, I mentioned the upcoming events earlier, uh, any special deals, uh, any uh, online events, things like that. Uh, There's so much coming up, so so much going on. I just hope that y'all are getting the newsletter that occasionally Super Don has time to send out. But that's also, you know, it's been
1: quite a while. In fact, we got a message on the website where somebody was like,
0: I signed up for your, your newsletter and I've gotten like one. Yeah. You were on a roll and then you got distracted.
1: I, I it wasn't distracted, dude. It's just I have got so much going on and it's like I just Yeah. I I enjoy the ability to breathe and uh eat something yeah. once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> and so I got I yeah, I kind of got myself overloaded. It's so yeah, please uh be patient with me. Mm-hmm. And I will uh I will I will get that back into the routine. Yeah. Because there's so much to talk about, and, there's, and you know and, and the thing is is we run out of um, time and there's mm-hmm. other stuff that's left over, and that's the stuff that generally I put into the newsletter. Yeah, so I will uh, I promise I will get g- going on that again.
0: Just got an email from Dr. Sherry Tenpenny uh, on the Ohio train wreck. I'm just going to read this quote from her: "The situation in Ohio is seriously worse than the mainstream media reports, and consequences are not limited to Ohio and will affect us for years to come." This is a World War I chemical weapon. This danger is spreading across the country and even into Canada fast. So Dr. T is talking about it, on her, I think, on her Rumble channel, talking about the train X, the poisoning of the air and water, and death and illness that it's going to do. You know, this is why I mentioned the folium PX again, Super D. And if you guys, I'm not joking about this. I mean, I've been saying it not with the hopes that there would be a turnover level event, but inevitably that's what we're seeing manifest now. Uh, with what they've done, all the bad, the worst things they could have done with the Ohio train wreck, including, you know, we talk about government regulations. That's what precipitated and uh, facilitated this, even though there were people in the trains themselves going, Hey, we need to have better brakes," You know, something like, you know, all these things that you could see lead up to it. And you're like, Oh, if only government had more power, well, they had enough power to do it. And they refused to do it. The people on the ground that run these things know better and they don't pay attention to them. There's all kinds of Economic interests and lobbyists that keep certain things from happening that should happen.
1: See, there's a list right now. They've got that Marty Markery on on, on uh, Fox News right now. They were showing the list, and there's this huge list of of uh, chemicals that burned and went into the air. And I love it because it's, uh, they had uh, Governor Dewine on earlier, and and he's just like, "Well, you know, we tested the air, and the air, uh, everything's good. And they tested the water, and the water's good." And it's just like, where do you think this stuff went? I mean, do you think it just went up into the sky and then, On you know, fairies to flew it off into outer space or something? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's got to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's in the environment. So it's, it's not like, I mean, some of the pictures I remember seeing of, of this this giant plume. I mean, gosh, it's been burning since like yeah. the third and today's the 15th and it's still burning. Uh, you know, it's it, the, the picture is just insane,
0: dude we've had decades to centuries now of a toxicological burden building and the so-called environmentalists are only into climate change and they don't care about actual climate not climate let me just say environmental emergencies and catastrophes that's not their purview they don't care about that it's only about hey what can we do to centralize the power structure on the planet and starve you out and make you freeze in the winter and beg for scraps don't wait for them to come to your rescue. They're not, like, on, you know, waiting on the rooftops of Katrina for FEMA to save you. Start doing the things we've talked about for years here. If you're already doing it, great, but you're going to have to increase it at this point. Whether, you know, it's like these Energy Bits superfoods-like things, the chlorella, that also is going to be important, as well as spirulina, energybits.com. You got 20% off of the RSB 20 code, the folium, various detox things we've talked about from our friends at Nutritional Frontiers. Many of the 100% whole food nutrients that we get from Jonathan at choose to be All of these things become more important by the day. Not that I was under illusion that it wasn't, but it becomes more obvious when these things happen. And yes, now there is media coverage of it, but how many of them are bringing on, let's say doctors or non-doctors or homeopaths or naturopaths to say, here's what you need to be doing to counteract the toxic poison you're exposed to now, just from breathing the air. But that's not happening. That's not happening even on Fox, even though they're covering this. They're covering it with the nightmare coverage that it is. I agree, but there's no solutions, proffered. It's like, okay, get the get the Democrats out. They're idiots. Biden is an idiot. Well, we could agree that at this point they are and have been. But that's not talking about a real solution in terms of what you can do right now to protect your loved ones, yourself, et cetera. And that's where they fall down. CNN falls down, MSNBC falls down, ABC, NBC, CNN. Name the mainstream news network and tell me one of them that are bringing on doctors and non-doctors or holistic doctors to talk about what can be done to save these people.
1: Well, and, I, you, you got to give Fox News at least a little bit of credit mm-hmm. for the fact that at least for a little while, yeah, they had a show that you were on Yes. With Carol Alt um, that was doing just that. Granted, at some point somebody made a decision. Ah, Maybe this is not a good idea anymore. Yeah. And they canceled the show. But they did. They did at least give give it a shot there for a little bit.
0: A healthy you and Carol Alt. Yes. God bless you, Carol. You did amazing work in that regard. So, yeah, give them props for that time.
1: CNN has Sanjay Gupta, though, you know, so I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, when has when he ever talked about uh, detox protocol? Guy takes Tylenol for the flu. He's a moron. I'm sorry, Sanjay. Get on the show. I'll call you that in regards to that particular bit of advice you might have received or thought was good for you. And it was the worst flu you ever had. I'll never forget that because it was like, okay, this is where you show brain surgeons are not that smart. <laughs> All right. Uh, questions of the day, maybe? Or should we do the uh, the drug uh, uh what do we call it? The prophylactic drug for men to not get women pregnant.
1: Um, I think we should do the question of the day. Question today? Okay. Let's do. The of the day.
0: Yeah, it looks like a big wow. One. This is a big one. This is a big one. Is it in the note? Oh, I got it on my screen too, so I can see it because it's huge. From Sandy. Hi, Robert Superdon. Super I apologize for the long buildup and question, so please feel free to edit as necessary. We don't usually have to edit unless there's some words that we don't want the kids to hear. I have followed you since hearing you speak and meeting you at the TTAC in Texas some years ago and have always respected and appreciated your knowledge as well as your ability, combined with Super by your side, to keep us informed. <laughs> I love that. Entertained you- and empowered, particularly in the clown world that we seem to be living in these days.
1: That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Super done by the yourself. Huh? <laughs> You're Batman and I'm Robin, right?
0: Yeah. tight. Not going to do it. All right. Sandy, thank you. She says I'm seeing a biological dentist and I've just gone through the process of having four metal crowns replaced with ceramic crowns during a five hour dental visit, one in each quad of the mouth. Everything went great. My dentist topped off the long appointment with a homeopathic injection for the pain. And swelling. And within f- with 12 hours, I was feeling good and have continued a glutathione and amalgam clear detox protocol. I am now scheduled to have two root canal teeth removed early next week, one currently with an abscess. I was surprised to hear that my dentist is recommending that I start a round of antibiotics after surgery. I discussed it with her, asking for an alternative, and she insisted that I take the antibiotics because of the extent of the surgery and the abscess and said she would not recommend anything else. Let me pause here, Super Don, and, and I'm going to come back to the rest of what Sandy uh, relates. Because this is an area of extenuating circumstance, and I'm not going to throw these biological dentists under the bus for recommending an antibiotic here. This is interesting because we just talked about the disaster that are antibiotics. You have an open, gaping wound purposefully created to correct a previous mistake by another dentist to create these dead necrotic tissue cells like teeth that are root canaled. And now you're having to remove them through surgical procedure. There's already infection present. So it is arguable that the last resort could be legitimized in this case. Now, if this dentist, this biological dentist knew how to use homeopathy herbs and silver, I believe, this is my belief, he or she could navigate and get you through post-operative care without resorting to antibiotics. However, there's also the CYA aspect of medicine. And I could say this, cover your ass. There's a lot of lawsuits uh, that would be flying. Let's say something happened to you in terms of infectious sepsis would set in. Then you not saying you would Sandy, but there's a lot of lawsuits could happen. They want to protect from that. So I'm given a little bit of leeway here because of the severity and unusualness of the circumstance. However, <clears throat> if this dentist utilized both the silver hydrosol and ozone therapy through the procedure, and flooded your system with the silver in an off-label way, even intravenously, much less have you taking it hourly, every waking hour, sublingual and circulating it around the area of injury due to surgery. My belief, again, I have to say it this way because everybody and every case is different, is that you could navigate. And of course, there would be sulfur, there would be phosphorus and other homeopathic remedies. There would be other immune modulators that could strengthen the response, the body response to any potential infection or actual one that's already there that may be stirred up because of the surgical procedure. But your your biological dentist is not being, let me just say it, a, a, a medical moron here. It's reasonable what they're arguing for. Although if trained full on, there are ways to navigate that without the antibiotics. All right, so uh, Sandy says, as soon as the word antibiotic came out of her mouth, I immediately thought of you hearing you discuss not using antibiotics many times and have read your aloe and silver protocol. I reached out to my functional medicine doctor's office and they said, if I have to take the antibiotics, go ahead and take them and we can fix my gut afterwards. The issue is beyond not wanting to take anything from pharma unless I absolutely have to. I've been working on fixing my microbiome and a few other things for a while now and just about have it dialed in so I don't want to have to have any setbacks that antibiotics could bring on. Again, reasonable concern, Sandy. I'm with you there. I I get it. So my question is, in your opinion, if I take the antibiotics, what should I do to mitigate the effects? And if I do not take the antibiotics, would the aloe and silver protocol be your go-to for this type of surgery and or would you recommend anything different? So I've already mentioned a few things, Sandy. The silver aloe protocol is not for in place of antibiotics because of surgery. It's a recovery tool for post-antibiotic and post-damage to the gut due to those chemicals. Silver aloe is designed to focus silver's effects on the regenerative uh, properties that it has to accelerate tissue repair and regrowth and healthy integrity of the epithelial lining, the villi that are mowed down and destroyed by these chemicals, the chemo, the antibiotics. So it's not the response or the in place of some kind of antimicrobial therapy due to surgery. But in a remediation and a recovery, absolutely, more than the infection, even though the infection can be addressed that way, more focused on regeneration of structure of the, of the, of the lining itself so that the home for the microbiome is restored. Therefore, you can do pre-probiotic and other therapies to replenish and restore the integrity of the immune system and everything else that goes along with it, including digestion, elimination, all of that. So, if you were to do the antibiotic, then the silver aloe is the appropriate response in recovery, to accelerate the recovery of the integrity of the gut, which you've been working on for a long time, apparently. But pressed to answer your question, if I had it totally under my control, I would be utilizing ozone and silver and various homeopathic remedies and other immune modulators to get through the severity of the circumstance, including off-label uses of silver intravenously. That's the best I can tell you right now. If you have a... You want to go further, ask me again. Send another inquiry, Sandy, and I hope we can help you further. But really good question. Good opportunity Good opportunity to hit, hit a counterpoint to my argument that all, antibiotics are pretty much all dangerous and dumb and stupid to use and to acknowledge one of the areas where I go, mm, you you could consider it and you could argue for it. And, you know, I wouldn't yell at you, you know, not like normal. Even though I'm with you and trying to minimize or eliminate the potential for having to use it. All right, let's go into male contraception right now. Uh, What is this? Uh, BBC is reporting a male contraceptive pill prototype that stops the little buggers from swimming to find the egg to fertilize it. So sperm motility is destroyed apparently, but apparently only for a matter of hours. This is according to tests in mice. They say they found a cell pathway or a switch that stops sperm from being able to swim. This is still preliminary. They got a lot more tests to go, but we're going to go right into the high level science of this because I asked some questions when I, when I read this and this would be a blockbuster trillion dollar drug. You know it for recreational activity, if you will, you know, a company Viagra for instance, which is a a recreational drug now too, because addressing uh, impotence in men, Viagra deficiency is not what causes that but it's become the, the shortcut to that. So in one of the little paragraphs of how does it work, it said, instead, instead of the, what, what it does, the sperm swim switch they are targeting is a cellular signaling protein called soluble adenyl cyclase, or SAC. And the experimental male pill would inhibit or block it. So we have a cell signaling protein that it would inhibit or block. What was my question initially, Super Don, when we were talking about this this morning before the show, immediately I asked, I wonder what other pathways would be impacted. What yeah. are they it's down? a
1: reasonable question. Uh, yeah. If if it's going to do something that's going to stop the little little guys from swimming, mm-hmm. is it possible that there may be, I don't know, something negative happening well, there, as well.
0: Could there be other areas of function within the body that would be impacted that you're like, "Oh, well that's just a side effect, we won't market that." But yet when you take this this will also happen maybe, maybe. But you could easily market those side effects as direct effects of the drug. So let's view some of them. You know, you can go into the peer-reviewed medical literature, which we did. I did real quick. You can go to not that I'm a fan of Google Scholar, but you know whatever, and you can find out that soluble Adenylyl cyclase is a signaling protein, again, just like it was said in the article. And that disruption of this cell signaling pathway, which is involved in the generation of the second messenger molecule cyclic AMP or CAMP, plays a critical role in many cellular signaling pathways, inhibiting that could disrupt normal function of those pathways leading to cellular dysfunction. Okay, this is a generic and general response, but it's like, of course, it's right in my wheelhouse of like, of course. It's not just gonna be about swimming little sperm, it's gonna be about any other pathways that are uh, corrupted because they are utilizing the same pathways. So there you go, you can actually see what we're reading about now. Impaired metabolism, SAC is involved in energy production, energy metabolism. Activated change, by changes in cellular metabolism, so energy at the cellular level could result in who knows what. Diabetes? Hmm, interesting, they mentioned that. Altered gene expression. Oh, you mean genetic changes could happen if we inhibit this pathway, the cell signaling modulator? Really? A lot of physiological processes could, re- could result in alternate or aberrant gene expression, and then who knows what diseases uh, transpire from there. Disrupted calcium homeostasis. Nobody has a problem in metabolizing calcium. Have you heard of calcification of the arteries? Oh, how about neurotransmitter release, gene expression? This could lead to many other cellular dysfunctions and other potential adverse uh, effects, including unlimited and unintended off-target effects on other cellular pathways, leading to who knows what side effects or toxicities. So sounds promising (laughs) to me, right? Sign me
1: up. <laughs> I, I wonder what this drug commercial uh, would, would sound like when they had to go over the, the, the list of possible side effects that you should be aware of while yeah. people are dancing in the rain or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. So uh, yeah. what would you say? Oh, well, three hours. It only three hours. Three-hour tour, right? A three-hour tour to what? Brain and nervous system dysfunction? Altered gene expression that can manifest as who knows what? Cancer? But
1: this well, is, this and is you have to imagine that, I mean, somebody who was taking this probably would not take it one time yeah, uh, yeah. and then never use it again. So now yeah. we have to look at what happens when it's used long term.
0: It'd be the casual, you know what, drug of choice. Yeah. And they're like, well, whatever. I don't care about the side effects. Just want to have my fun. You know. Why don't they do it in a time release microchip? Why not? You're ready all the time.
1: That'd be high tech. Yeah. Kind of cool.
0: CNN Health says they are uh, really close to uh, testing this on humans. I think that means that it's been used on humans for years probably. But they can implant microchips into pacemaker-like devices to take freeze-dried drugs and release them slowly over time. You don't like getting shots? You don't like getting shots of biologics for osteoporosis? Yeah, they actually mention osteoporosis drugs. Why do we need time-release osteoporosis drugs when osteoporosis is largely the result of mineral deficiencies and not even calcium at this point, but silica or silicon, magnesium, copper, so many connective tissue minerals that are really in deficiency that manifest as osteopenia and osteoporosis. But no, we got to have time release microchips of Boniva and Sally Field. Juice, drugs, whatever. She was a big promoter of that, I think. So I'm just, you know, I'm into. I like science fiction, like the next guy, Star and this out. But the idea of just freeze drying drugs for permanent, slow release, drip, 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 or however they get it in, I'm not. Well, gonna-
1: it's interesting. It looks like I'm guessing. A, they're 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 promoting it, or they would be promoting it. They say here that it's not going to be ready for mainstream use for at least four years. Yeah, but well, put
0: it in they pets though.
1: They say that um, it's about the size of a pacemaker and uh, it would work basically in the place of getting regular injections. So in other words, uh, if you don't like getting needles uh, poked in you all the time, they just implant this thing in your waist and then it does it without you having to go in and get shots. And then it also says here.
0: Wait, wait, wait. wait. You said in your waist. What do you mean that In, in your poop? Your waistline. Oh, no, you Come on. That made no sense what you were saying. I'm with your you waste.
1: Now. You know where your waste is. Yeah, but I heard W-A-S-T-E. I, yeah, I heard of course it. you did.
0: <laughs> well, helping people learn English. Like,
1: it's very okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So anyway. And then and then they say other drugs that could potentially be delivered in this manner include chemotherapy. Oh, lovely. Fertility hormones, and
0: vaccines. Mm, of course. But it'd, be, it'd be infertility hormones probably
1: so you don't have to stand in line for your booster um, you could just get this thing implanted and it'll just mm-hmm. it'll get you you know once a month or whatever yeah um, yeah you know what listen we've been talking about this sort of thing this this listen dude this yeah. is another one of those things where the people had been like oh you're a conspiracy theorist and people were talking about this I remember yeah talking about the whole Implanting chips, you know, in, in you that are, do stuff. Um, that was that was for crazy people, I guess, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Now it's, it's innovation. Now it's... Uh,
0: toxic, toxic medicine implants are for crazy people, but people have been programmed into crazy. We are living in, you know, a century of the medical plus of the medical monopoly, completely corrupting our thoughts if we even have them of our own. And we just kind of drone about like drug zombies going, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Let me take that and inhibit that. And No, no connectivity to cause and effect and that the effect is caused by the very thing that you're taking for the thing you think you want with 10 other things as a result that are not good that you don't want. But again, profitable for those that have prescribed this medicine for you or implanted it, whatever the case may be. Just. You know, when I get to those moments super down, I like, I go, ah, why do I even bother? <laughs> I mean, have we reached anybody? But then again, mm-hmm. y'all are here and occasionally we hear from you. For those of you who are here, our AMA, for those of you, Patreon supporters, it, we have elected to use the last day that we have available in this calendar month of February 2023, Monday the 27th. Monday the 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for our next. Ask me anything on Zoom, which we've been having a blast. And by the way, two people, if you're in the audience, didn't send Super Don your address. So I have got two sets of silver that I'm going to repurpose and give them away in the next one.
1: I think that's what we, what we do is if they, don't, they aren't claimed, then they go back into the. You
0: uh... didn't ask for much. Just send the address to Super Don. That's all. And I sent everything else. I think one more. I think Lorelei's got something coming. But everybody else, two more people they didn't. I love giving stuff away to you guys. You're so amazing. So much fun to do that. So much fun to do that. All right. This weekend, remember Trinity Health Freedom Expo virtual Saturday, Sunday, sign up 30 bucks, three months to watch it all. I'll be moderating the panels on Cannabis as Medicine updates there, as well as a panel of the Trinity instructors on Sunday. While I, in between that, I'll be attending the fundraiser event, health freedom event for Jonathan E. Mord in Glendale, California, near Burbank. And then after that, coming back a little bit, very short uh, visit, then heading to Atlanta. Visit with mom and all my friends in Atlanta for the Next Steps conference, next-steps.info, and then the nurse event on the 21st for Kimberly Overton. I'm going to miss that, but I'll get there afterwards, and we'll see you there. It's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you for being here, everybody. Thank you as well to Nurse Michelle for being on board today, and what she's done is quite extraordinary. And... I, you know, look, if you guys got questions or comments, bring it because we're about to enter the bonus, the zone. Twilight Zone the bonus zone on the Robert Scott Bell show. Thank you all for being here. Please share the show. A lot of people don't know, still don't know about this show. I know it's not that, no, it is that scary. I know learn the things we know, but after you get past the scary part, are you not empowered? Are you not entertained? Are you not engaged and inspired? I hope so, because that's what I'm here to do, and I'm here to be inspired by you as well. Enough of that for Don. Let's go to a 60 second pause and come back for the bonus zone. I'm the Robert Scott Bell Show. Where the power to heal is yours. It's a it's a busy day again. I have a, a podcast to record with Courtney Turner. The Courtney Turner podcast. I don't know if y'all remember her. She was this inspirational young lady who was basically disabled and written off for you can't do anything. And now she's doing like uh, what do you call it? Uh, Lyra? What you know? It's not it's silks or something. All that acrobatic stuff my daughter likes to do. She, I mean it's, she's an extraordinary story. I think we did we have her on our show or I was on her show. I think so. so. Many, yeah, seventeen hundred plus guests now we're at. So. Courtney Turner podcast. I don't know if it's live or pre-recorded. I'll find out. But bottom of the hour, I'll uh, have a have a talk with her on her podcast, which I appreciate being invited on that. Also, uh, Brad Zallas, my friend with the Awakened Nation podcast, season five. Now he's in. Just interviewed me and re- released that for everybody to listen and watch. And uh, always a great discussion with Brad. Very smart guy, good friend for many years. I've known him for decades. And he's doing great work as well. He Remember, he was the author of Liquid Leadership. Talked about the difference between the generations and the workplace and stuff. And we've had him on before. And so that's another podcast coming out. Trying to keep up with all the opportunities to communicate this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty. And I love being able to do it. And I thank you for that. And then Super Don wants to do even more. <laughs> do even more. I know. Yeah.
1: On the, you know i out of one side of my my mouth right you know i'm yeah. just like i got so much to do i can't do everything hey yeah. we need to do more Yep. i can't help it no
0: and you're right if we could do more we could do more but yeah. we need help for you
1: as always and there's there's I'm courtney there. turner
0: there yeah oh, she's amazing
1: <laughs> yeah
0: hmm. ah, taking a sip of tea here all right let's see what's going on in the chat room Today, if you guys are interested, we can carry on and talk about. All right, Diana of the Night. What is that? Oh, wait. Leslie says, how many guests have been added since Kevin started? I feel like your number has grown exponentially. Yes, it has. I'm thinking close to 200. I might be slightly exaggerating that, but 150 maybe? Yeah. I mean, it's certainly the acceleration of guests unlike any time ever before in the history of this show. Kevin's like, he doesn't take steroids, but it's like he does in, in terms of <laughs> reach people and get them connected and even hook me up with shows that I end up on. And thank you, Kevin. God bless you. We love you. He, you know, I, he's so funny though. Like he sends a message to us in our little group message. Why do you hate me? Are you guys oh, no, bad?
1: what was it? It was, yeah, something like that. It was, uh, did I piss you guys off? Right. Yes. And I was like, yeah, know, totally. Uh, we're totally, totally pissed off at you.
0: Granted. I mean, we don't always answer in 30 seconds or less. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the way he responds, is just makes me laugh. I love that. Thank you, Kevin, for making me laugh. Need that. Need more laughter. Uh, let's see. Diana of the night, you are the epitome of inspiration, RSB and Super Don. Oh, a- a- and at Super Don is your rock or horse sense.
1: <clears throat> Hello. Hello, I'm Hello. Mr. Ed.
0: So Diana has just likened you to a horse. I don't know. How you feeling about well, that? Well, thank you. Why the long face? Yeah, beautiful mare. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Diana loves the new transition music. A welcome earworm, she says. Yes. Thank you for that. am oh, good. Hey, We like to be the... Thank you very much. ...of good things. And uh, Super Don is definitely the epitome of horse sense. Yes.
1: I don't even know what that means. What's horse sense? I've heard of it before. What does it literally mean?
0: I... I I have to think it's an offshoot of just common sense. It's like, you know, co- coming back to the, you know, to the ground, the horse sense. About let's the. see,
1: horse sense. Common sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Why do they call it horse sense? Uh, let's see here. Sense? In oh, Here we go. In 1832, mm-hmm. American English colloquial from horse, perhaps in reference to the animal's qualities or the abilities of hostlers and coachmen with the animals, perhaps... From the same association as strong, large, coarse, found in horseradish. I have no idea what I just read. Okay, whatever. Did, did, she, did that say it,
0: horseradish?
1: I'm just like horseradish. I love horseradish. Do you like horseradish? That's the stuff that'll burn your nose. It, you got to be careful with it. it yeah. It's you, get, you know it's, you have to be very, very gentle mm-hmm. and and, uh, and and careful with horseradish because if you eat it the wrong way, you put too much in there. It's one of those things where you eat it and then you breathe through your nose yeah. and you're like, "Oh, feels like your eyeballs are going to fl- explode out of your head. Yeah. But I am a big fan of horseradish, especially you give me a good, uh, a good steak mm-hmm. or a prime rib yeah. with a little bit of horseradish. I, I personally prefer though, to mix a little bit of sour cream with it. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you know, shocking. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, let me ask you this. I know yeah. what a radish is, but why do they call it horse radish? I don't that's want to to come Dude, horses. that's
1: just the name of it. And you know, as somebody who has a garden that there's some crazy names of stuff that you can grow.
0: Yeah, I just um, don't know the origin of the word horseradish.
1: So you want to I know what the call origin call of a horseradish.
0: In a sense, so why not find out why they call it a horseradish?
1: I I will see if I can find that out for you. The name horseradish is believed to have come from a variation of the German name for it, which is <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That is the craziest <laughs> word I've ever seen in my life. That mir Oh my goodness. Drop your wife in. your wife might know. I'm gonna put this in, in the in the uh Skype for you here. Okay. Yeah. Uh whoops. I was about to send it to Kevin. Yeah. He would have been like, huh? Yeah, pronounce that.
0: Miritich. Miritich. I don't know. Mir Miritich? A mare? Okay. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so that word, uh, which is uh, meaning sea radish, apparently in German, mm. the English were said to mispronounce the German word "mir" and became calling it "mare," Mer. radish," "mare radish." So, mare eventually, it was horse. called horseradish. Okay. Well, well there, there
0: you go. You know
1: Dude, I this, yeah. nobody. I'll bet you there's nobody that could be that would have heard, would learn that today except yeah. here on this show. Mm. The origin of the word horseradish. That
0: could be the trivia question to win prizes. At
1: a it, it should have, yeah, it could have been. Nobody would have gotten it, but
0: yeah. Le- Leslie says Kevin asked her why she hates him. <laughs> so, so it's one of the things when you're not responding to me. Why do you hate me? All right, he's gonna have uh, to come up with new things now. That it's yeah, his, there you go. His uh, secret is out. We don't hate Kim, of course not.
1: So yeah. Leslie is going back to the microchip story here. She's asking, "How could a microchip contain vaccines and meds?" Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe in this story. It said that it was freeze dried. dried Yeah. Yeah. So somehow, I guess, reconstitutes somehow in in uh, in your in your body, and then is absorbed. I guess.
0: Yeah. I'm just so far out of touch with the drug America thing, you know that I no. talk about things. I'm wondering of how many people, if if most of the country still believes there's drug deficiencies by their behavior, you know, it's no it's no wonder why we have a, a, you know, a top end growth of the show. There's a lot of people that are like, I don't want to hear that message because I have to take responsibility for my health, Robert. I don't want to do that. I want to be able to take a pill still and just carry on with my lifestyle and diet the way I've always known it. I suppose we got to, make peace with the fact we're not going to reach everybody. And I've always known that, but yeah, you come to these points and places where, man, I'm just asking to go just a little bit, a step, one step more, one teeny weeny bitsy little step more. When I talk about inviting all the people that have been right over the years to the table to discuss what's gone wrong instead of the people that continually get it wrong to discuss that they got it wrong, but this time they're going to do better. Like based on what, based on what, that's, you know, the insanity of our culture. And we just keep going to the same people that make the same stupid mistakes and wonder why we're not doing better, getting better, and all of that. So, cool. All right. What's up tomorrow? We got Jonathan E. Mord, hopefully.
1: Should have Jonathan E. Mord in hour one, as usual. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in hour two, looking forward to this because I, I actually, you know, no, i i helped scott shara out with his podcast mm-hmm. and he did an interview with this new uh this nurse kate shimerani yeah. a week or two ago and that was just like the the funniest uh most crazy interview Can you tell me is she actually uh,
0: a comedian or she just happened to be naturally funny
1: no she's just she's just got lots to say okay. and she's very quick on her on her feet and uh it was just really it was just a whole lot of fun and so i'm looking forward forward
0: to this she's in the uk okay. And she'll be joining us in in hour two. Nice. Well, that'll be fun. Thank you for hooking us up there, Super Don. And then we got, I mean, that was Kevin. Sorry, Kevin. I don't hate you. (laughs) Uh, We have uh, uh, Laura Abeley and is it Alicia Power? Alicia Powell coming on Friday and then heading to L.A. Am I going to see any of my friends in L.A.? Anybody coming out to the uh, Burbank slash uh, Glendale event in Southern California? It's the 18th. Come on, hang out with me and Jonathan E. Morden and friends uh, on that evening. I'd love to see you. In addition to participating into the uh, virtual Health Freedom Expo, TrinityHealthFreedomExpo.com. And sign up, of course, for the classwork. And if if you're not sure about it, you can ask questions on Sunday's uh, live interactive panel discussion with Trinity instructors. And I'll be moderating that. So that's uh, coming up. I'll be in L.A. for that one, too. And then I'll head back. And then Atlanta, and then all the other stuff that's coming up. Okay, if there aren't any more questions or comments, I'm going to take a brief break because at the bottom of the hour, I've got to be on a, another podcast. And let's see, horse sense is a thing a horse has which keeps it from betting on people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's, that's good. I guess it depends on what exactly you're betting on, hmm. but hmm. you bet on on people doing something crazy, you'll probably be a safe bet. Yeah. So, all right. Well, guys, appreciate you hanging out with us today. Yep, uh, We will be back tomorrow. And uh, until then, you have yourself a good afternoon, good evening, and we'll see you then.
0: Later, staters. <laughs>